When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. Our heroes have taken their first step towards escaping Greensboro Penitentiary, but after rescuing Von Strauss, Alan was taken over by the voice in her head, Xanthus. Can our heroes carry out their plan sans wizard? How will Gary's secret motives affect their escape? Is Alan dead? Seriously, WTF? Find out next on Dum Dums and Dragons. Alan, your eye goes red. You fall into a shoulder roll, stand up, feel your neck, smile, say finally, and disappear. Please give me your character sheet and your cards. No! (laughs) What? This is what happened right before he ripped my character sheet up. Don't rip it. Don't, Don't do that. Don't rip it. Oh, it's just going in a pile, maybe. Oh, oh. I'm folding this up, putting it in my pocket. Ah, interesting. Pocket's better than pieces. Pocket's that's, way better than that's pieces. That's our motto for the podcast from now on. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to be chanting pocket the next time you ask for a piece of paper. Pocket. My heart is pounding right now. <laughs> and I'm sure Alan's is somewhere in Tom's pocket. <laughs> Laura, I'm going to give you Von Strauss to control for the remainder of the adventure. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's what happens. Did um, Why are you laughing, Von did, Strauss? I want to talk about this. That's not funny. I know you have a problem with wizards, but that seems like a dick move right now. I stagger up. I'm smoking. He's high. Oh, yeah. Okay, you're, you're stoned. It's That's, not funny at all. <laughs> Tom, this is so crucial. Where is Billy Fingers? Billy Fingers is on the ground. Billy, come here. And I wave Billy Fingers over. He's looking real concerned at Gary and comes over and is truly distraught. I pat him on my shoulder and I'm like, Billy... Not Gary's fault. Honestly, Alan made a choice there. That was a bad call. Other things have happened. Not Alan's fault. Always trying to do good. Where did she go? (sighs) Did she go? That's a new one. That's new? Yeah, I don't know what just happened. I talked with Alan about this vaguely and tried to explain to her what I thought was happening. And I think it's the worst version of what I thought was happening. She kept taking fucking deals and not asking questions. Quinny, I didn't want to out you because I didn't know what Alan knew and what you knew, but Jesus Christ, you seem to be in a very similar boat. This is the problem of trucking with demons. This is an unfortunate thing to say based on our experience, 
But apparently you have a deal with some sort of spooky black guy. Yeah. Alan seems to have been trading powers with one. And when she used enough, it got the body. So Alan is somewhere with Xanthus. I'm going to quote Alan here. We got to focus on this and deal with that later. If we're in prison, we're not getting to hell. We've got a friend in hell we can make a phone call to when we're out. But I need to get this fucking collar off before I can call the goddess. I agree that we got to get that collar off you if we're going to make any steps towards bringing Alan back. Good news is we have one less person to smuggle up the tower. (laughs) And realistically, the other good piece of news was Alan was our weakest story. I am the Forsaken. This is Von Strauss. Alan was going to be a younger, half-not-drow clone of the Doctor. That was always not the best. So, Von Strauss, your vision's kind of blurring. You're sort of coming back to yourself. Everything you know is upside down, left is right, up is down. You seem to have memories of tortures, you have memories of great victories, but through great, tremendous personal strength, you manage to focus on the task at hand. You don't quite feel like yourself, but damn it, whatever this is, you're going to get through it. You look around and you see a bird person, you see a tall, mostly naked, bearded man with a fresh scar on his face. And you see a tiny ninja. Hey, we got your clothes. Because we don't know you don't know us anymore. (laughs) What? I just look down at myself. You look great. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, I don't trust magic at all. And I have a superstition that anything that magical might tip someone off in here through other security measures. We should now storm the gates. We are at a disadvantage. Let's press whatever we have and go up the tower and see what this brings. You are, for some reason, the Forsaken? The Forsaken. Yeah, he's a big deal. Okay. You should read my book. I didn't write it, but it's great. Boy, you should be joking now after everything. This isn't a joke. That's literally all true. When he looks at Gary and is like, how did you... There's the key is management. A lot of people we think don't it's have to shut, shut up. Just <laughs> shut up. We need to concentrate and think on what we're going to do here. You are a new clone, right? Strauss, are you here? What's a clone? Wait, what? I am What's Von your... Strauss. Yes, what Von is... Strauss. Here's a challenge, Von Strauss. Tell us three things about yourself. I am a paladin. One. Okay, that's good. I love flaming swords. Okay, that's also good. <laughs> Two. Yes, mm-hmm. true. Okay. And I'm going to escape this prison. These I are like... all good things. That's great. Now, can you just stand there for a second? And I gesture Gary and Quinian. Okay, Von Strauss took the drugs and has gone bonkers. However, likes flaming swords. We have a flaming sword, so I think we can get some trust. Wants to get out of prison, ultimately aligns with the goals, monosyllabically confused. Honestly, that's probably better acting than Von Strauss could have done as a clone if Von Strauss is completely stupid. So... (laughs) Give him a sword, suit him up, follow the plan. That works for me. I start putting my armor on. What's the sad montage song? A slow, dramatic remake of Doctor, Doctor, Give Me the News. I got a bad case of loving you, but just slow the hell down so it's so tragic. And, and there's like, like a, a weird key. children's choir comes yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. Through. It yeah. comes in partway through. And I'm just picturing Alan, not as she was at the end, but as she had been previously, just laughing as she melts a goblet. Like, everything turns horrible. It's always like a nice memory and then ends in a homicide, but I love both parts of it equally. It's equally beautiful. Question to you, can I spend any amount of stress? I've got four remaining, because we mentioned that Gary had other failed-ish escape plans. Is there a way he could have either tunneled or bypass at least getting through the front door of the tower, speeding us along? I will give that to you for four stress, but I want you to explain the three separate attempts that you orchestrated (laughs) that you weren't involved with. 
Tell me who it was, what they did, and how it failed. Well, the first one was like 15 years ago. Not sure if you've heard about this one, but befriended a dwarf who was big into mining. They had a, a poster of Paylor, and just behind that poster, they were just chipping away and bearing mm-hmm. it through, and it was a pretty good tunnel. He got a solid 20 feet into the edge of the tower there. He was caught and didn't divulge the information there. As a dwarf, what was his ultimate fate? He became a clock. Jesus. Um, the second attempt was a little more elaborate. It was actually on this very day the day of no births. There was a a prison riot uh, when it came to evening because no one was getting cake and that was understandable. (laughs) Um, And so we actually managed to storm past the guards up the tower and seeing that they were going to be overwhelmed. Also, Gary had befriended a wizard and uh, got them to transmute a stone to break the tunnel to the tower itself. And on the third try, which Gary did not think would work at all, but was kind of getting closer to desperation, he uh, befriended a druid called Jakob Goodbark, and uh, he kind of (laughs) broke his no magic rule for this one. And Gary pitched all these ideas of different useful animals, but he became a spider, uh, and (laughs) followed this spider uh, through the hole, and actually through his powers managed to uh, break through the hole and up the tower quite a ways, and was going to make it clean, but the spider doubled back to bite a man in half, (laughs) and uh, then Gary had to slink in the shadows. So this tunnel actually was always an option for Gary, but it's just so loaded with <laughs> loss and failure. Some bad karma. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some bad juju in that. Yeah, tunnel. some mojo, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I think Gary's like, there is another way. <laughs> so you find yourselves in this tunnel, ignoring most of the blood. Von Strauss and I are in full armor. We got our gear. Alan's staff and stuff, I guess I'll just strap to my back. I don't want to lose your shit that didn't teleport did go with her. her it did? Well, because Von Strauss had it, so it just teleported oh, away from uh, Von Strauss. Von Strauss has is with Von Strauss. Yeah, so I'll take the staff and strap it to me. But yeah, everything else you had on you. Staff looks familiar. Yeah, I'll hang on I to that, buddy. You're doing great. <laughs> I trade him for the sword. I'm like, here's how you know we're on your team. We are very close. We just need to go up to the warden's office. I actually know nothing about the office itself. Quinny will pull Butthole aside before we do this final push and say, look, this whole escape attempt has turned into a real shit show. Oh, yeah, this is a fucking disaster. So in light of what you have sacrificed for me, I'm going to be straight with you. Okay. If we need to go all out for a fight or something like that, there is something within me that you saw just a glimpse of when we were one that I can tap into to help us win the fight. I'm telling you now that I will try not to use it, but if it means surviving, if it means escaping, if it means finding Alan again, then that is something that I'm going to rely on. Do you know the terms of your deal? Feels like an internal service kind of thing. So no. To figure Why out does some nobody ask questions about this? But okay, Look, there okay, was no okay. time to ask questions. Honestly, you, you ripped me apart. Uh, you were in hell. That's a little different. Alan seemed to be a little more willy-nilly. You've been in shitty deals before. I'm also aware yeah. of that. <laughs> Honestly, do what you got to do. But all I can say is trust your feelings on this one. We watched with Alan. It started to spread. She kept going and kept going and then pushed it. Know your say- limit and play within it. I heard that somewhere. <laughs> I'll tell you this. He has offered me things that I have turned down. So I have the capacity to say no for now. Well, let's just make one thing clear. If it's going to come down to you damning your soul or me going to hell, there's some good shit for me down there. All right. Take note. If somebody's dying, moi, (laughs) and then we'll sort it out. But yes, we'll get fucking Alan. So do what you got to do. And I appreciate this conversation. Shows your mind in the fine print. And that's really important. deals with supernatural entities. Right, got it. Can he hear everything that's said to you? You listening, asshole? I'm always listening. This motherfucker. Let's go. And then I write on a piece of paper, and it just says, can he read this? And I hold it up. Yes. 
I'm assuming you don't hear them, but I just nod to you. And then I just write, well, I don't know why I write it again, but I do anyways. And I flip over the other side and I say, oh, good. I don't have a plan. And I hold it up. I point to your collar and then I point to my brain and then I wink and then I continue on. And I eat the piece of paper. <laughs> It could have tasted worse. I mean, I haven't eaten all day. It's been a long time. I'm <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah. both meals. So you spill out onto the upper part of the staircase. You can hear Warden Burgermeister Meisterburger up the stairs. He seems to be um, shouting something about the day of no births and how frustrating that is. Peeking up the staircase, it's a rectangular tower, so corners, stairs, usual. You're able to sneak up if you want. The door to his office seems to be open. You can hear him quite clearly. Gary will kind of do a talent to leak motion <laughs> uh, and start to lead the sneak charge. Yeah. He's hoping. Happy to be sneaking with you. Okay, roll me some stealth checks, please. I guess they want Von Strauss and I to sneak. I rolled a 24 for my stealth. Yeah, I'm at a 16 for stealth. Seven for stealth? 19. So, obviously, Quinny and Von Strauss, I think there's something really funny about watching big man sneaking, but you're actually very good at it. <laughs> very nimble. You're, yeah, you're, you're an incredibly powerful character when you're not tortured. So, you guys manage to sneak up quietly. Butthole is fairly loud, but I imagine stops the minute he clinks. I guess I'll breeze, and then I can walk in after them. So, when I realize I'm doing terribly, I'll just stay where I am. Yeah, I'll, I'll let him I'll keep like going. Hand signal, stop, and then just kind of mouth you We'll call you. We'll bring you. I go to nod and then realize that'll make noise. And then I just cross my eyes at you and uncross them, holding perfectly still. And I look at you thinking like, does he get it? The three of you who are stealthing get close enough to the door that you can hear a voice that almost sounds like harp music. It's so beautiful. It's just... Very melodic and very soft. You say it's a voice? Yeah. A shiver runs up Von Strauss's spine. The voice is so beautiful. You actually, you can't ascertain gender. You can't ascertain what kind of creature it is. Just truly all of you feel warm and listened to and respected. You hear the voice saying, the new army is everything you promised, Meisterberger. You've truly done wonderful work and... An absolute kudos to all of your trainers. They've really done such good work. The Quinny models are everything my siblings and I could have hoped for. Oh my God, Ira Glass. <laughs> uh, hi, this is uh, Ira Glass. I'm a, I'm a D&D villain now. On today's episode, uh, Quinny clones and uh, what they can do for you. Just throw some extra vocal fry and hipster disillusionment on there and I got myself an Ira Glass. Um, and then you hear uh, Burgermeister, Meister Burger, can say, well, of course, you know, we only clone the best inmates, the most useful inmates, and I'm certainly glad to hear that they are are, uh, working for uh, your purposes, although I understand that the Unseen Hand is making short work of most of them. Uh, why are we even bothering to train these people if they're just going to get mowed down in the battlefield? And you hear that the soothing voice suddenly go very icily cold, and the shift is horrifying. We did not come here to debate with you, Meister Burger. We came to ask when we can have our next units. When will we get the Von Strauss unit? Kind of peek in and like do a quick scan as much as I can, ignore these voices and just look for what I could perceive as the controls for these callers. Sure. Perception or what do you think? Perception would be good or investigation. You can do whichever one you'd prefer. Uh, eight. <laughs> uh, looking in and around, you can see Burgermeister, Meister Burger. They're standing there talking, overlooking the yard. It seems like there might be some combat happening down there now. Burgermeister up on Meister Burger's head. He's very excited about this and is like jumping up and down and screaming in that horrible, tiny voice. Meister Burger, however, seems to be more intent on making what looks like perhaps a plate of nachos. <laughs> like a snack buffet. You're going to report this back to us. And I'm going to say, I don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> The room itself looks like a cross between they look good. <laughs> a very expensive box at a sporting arena mm. and someone's dad's 
man cave from the 70s. So just horrible carpet, green walls, Ooh. musty couch. There's a dartboard that has really never been used, but it's there. There's a mounted dwarf head on the wall. Everywhere throughout, if you look at pieces of furniture, there's a smaller piece of furniture sized for the hat person, very much a la the island of Dr. Moreau with the little one. Yep, just yeah. everywhere. And then even though you're trying just to look around, in the center you can see a glowing orb on a small pedestal that looks wildly out of place but you suspect would be the control system for the callers. You also see, even though you're trying not to pay any specific attention to anyone, the most objectively beautiful person you've ever seen. And they've got that crazy ethereal beauty that defies your brain. You can't tell what race they are. You can't tell what gender they are, but they just, they are your perfect definition of beauty. And they seem to be smiling radiantly at Burger Meister Meister Burger. So I'm going to pull myself away from this beauty and uh, try to look back. Do you roll me a wisdom save? 14. It's really fucking hard, but you managed to do it. Okay, um, in there? There is an entity in there that is beautiful beyond words. And so therefore is a danger. Actually, before I state my plan, another question for you, which I'm not sure if I got from that perception check. With this tower, Gary assumed this may not be true. Is there any window or outing like yes, a way? Yes, sir. There's windows. Think of it as an airplane control tower. So just windows lining it. They aren't floor to ceiling, but there's definitely windows lining the room. Gary turns to you two. Quinny. Yeah. It has been wonderful to get you back to your original state. And for me, it has been very fulfilling. The training. Oh, so many of you to actually see the real you. For your friends, you should sort that out. Yeah, you're telling me. The unseen hand wants to talk. And I'm going to dash into the room. I'm going to attempt to grab the globe. I'm going to attempt to throw it through the window that goes outdoors. I'm just going to follow it and just get out. All right. That's my plan. Uh, damn, you're going to spend some key points to dash? Uh, I have Step of the Wind, okay. uh, so I can dash as a bonus action. Yep. My jump speed is doubled. So that gets you into the room, gets you to the orb. And then I'm trying to both grab the orb and throw it and follow it with the rest of my movement. I mean, as a monk, you have Flurry of Blows. So let's right. say your Flurry of Blows is the grab and the toss. Right, yeah. And then you can use your action to jump. So that's two key points spent just to make, you know, an yeah. attempt to that happen. Party in a flash, you see Gary disappear bolting up the stairs. You hear him grab something. You hear a smash. What are you doing? I yell, butthole, and I run into the room. Yeah, I'm just going to take off after him. Into the fray. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is sponsored by Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective mind. But now we sell T-shirts and hoodies and water bottles and a ton of amazing products, all because we use Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It is 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. 
Honestly, we tried to do merchandise for years, either to make things that were high quality, to make things that we could ship easily, to make things shippable in multiple markets. We just could not find that answer until we found Shopify. Once we got set up with them, it has been a breeze. Money transfers, no problem. Payments converted, it makes it so easy. I don't have to do anything manual. None of our team does to be able to provide high, high quality merch. Shopify gave us the control to be able to make our business even more successful and it can do that for you because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify, and yours should too. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums, D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S, now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's the way you get to hear this. Hello, I am Bernard Sherbert, the survivalist Rupert from Dum Dums and Dragons, and I am here to help you survive the boredom of day-to-day life by helping to engage in the wonderful storytelling, whimsy, comedy, and occasional tragedy of the Dum Dums and Dragons adventures. If you would like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice, that is D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E, and you can join for as little as $1 a month, which will gain access to our Patreon-only Discord, where you can hang out with other people who have also listened to the things you have listened to and seen the things you have seen and thus can describe them with you. Or, at higher levels, you can get ad-free feeds where you can avoid ads like this one. Or, alternatively, at even higher levels, you can add an NPC name, like Bourbon Gerbert was. Or, you can add your own NPC that you build at the highest level and get your name in the credits. Name in the credits. Name in the credits. Sorry, I had to say that three times because it is very, very, very cool. This has been Bourbon Sherbert encouraging you to go join patreon.com slash dumdumdice. See you in the future. Bleep bloop. Excellent. You hold the sword up, and suddenly, as though an old memory, your sword bursts into flames. <gasps> so you can, add, you can add an extra D8 to all the damage you'll be doing with it. Quinny, sprinting up the stairs, you manage to enter the room just in time to see Gary run and leap out a window. Moments later, you hear a crash, and butthole, your collar pops off. You're the only one left for the That's collar. That's right, Monster doesn't have one yet. Yeah, yeah. um, it's fucking game time. <laughs> Inside the room, you see this ethereal beauty and a rapidly turning purple Burgermeister Meister Burger turn, draw weapons. Burgermeister pulls out the ugliest looking trench spike you've ever seen. And the ethereal creature, almost hexadecimal style, its face goes completely vicious as it so, floats so off the ground. The ethereal creature looks like our version of perfect beauty. Yes. Great. To me, it looks just like Quinny. Great. It's floating, but it's identical to Quinny. Awesome. To Quinny, it looks like Quinny. <laughs> <laughs> And a Von Strauss. I th- Do you have one for this? I would say it looks like Lord Never Ember. Amazing. Alive. <laughs> Smash cut to outside. Gary, you see the orb falling ahead of you. You're falling. And even though you're in free fall, one of the first time you felt free in, in ever oh, so long. Yes. 
I can actually fall and use my one wing. The orb shatters, your collar pops. What do you do? I just kind of close my eyes and breathe deeply and then focus in on like, okay, only one wing. Uh, And I try (laughs) to slow my descent. Or, you know, I could just cast slow fall, (laughs) which is a monk thing. Either way, your feet hit terra firma and you sprint off into the night. I wink at the camera. I wink at four different places uh, where I think a camera would be. It would be good camera angles. And you disappear into the night. Okay, so if everyone can please roll initiative. Ooh, that's pretty good. 21 for Quinny's initiative. Two. Eight. Total initiative is two? Uh, two. Von Strauss. Admittedly, Von Strauss <laughs> is pretty foggy, so this seems sort of realistic. <laughs> right now, the bird man just disappeared for Von Strauss. He has no oh, sense of object permanence. He's just, he's gone. Literally, Where'd like, when, when you guys have been talking, I've been kind of, like, blurring my eyes to kind of, like, just <laughs> really channel. Really <laughs> It's going to be hard to look at your stats. It's really distracting. (laughs) (laughs) She won't stop doing it. It's just really distracting. All right. So, Quinny, you're in a room with a slightly more ethereal Quinny and both Burgermeister and Meisterburger. What do you do? As per our discussion, this plan completely went to hell and we got to fight our way out of here. And I feel his presence and internally say, all right, let's run through some of the motions and see if we still got it. And my eyes will go black and infernal. I will recite the phrase that I have said one or two times. Does anyone in the room understand Infernal? Yes. Yeah? Whoever that person is, they hear me say, by my blade, your soul is his. Dope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, say Von Strauss, you, you understand that. It doesn't sit well with you. Oh. But you're also still tripping balls, so... Right. <laughs> Anyway, you're not sure who said it. I'm still not sure there was a Birdman. So I just laugh maniacally. (laughs) (laughs) And with all that flavor out of the way, I uh, I cast Hex on Meister Burger. Meister Burger is the human part, and Burger Meister is the spooky goo pipe thing. Yep. Okay, so how does that work, sir? So I place a curse on a creature that I can see within range. Until the spell ends, I deal an extra 1d6 necrotic damage to the target whenever I hit it with an attack. Um, This is a bonus action also, so I'm still going to get to attack them. So they have disadvantage on ability checks made with an ability I choose. So I can choose if they have like dexterity, disadvantage, Mm -hmm. or constitution. Given our present company, I'm going to make it disadvantage on all dexterity checks. So if you've got anything that they can dodge out of the way of, you've got a a higher chance of hitting them with it. Okay, so a shadow passes over Meister Burger's eyes. You can see sort of the hair on his very hairy neck stand up, and he seems uh, gently uncomfortable. Okay. I'm going to close the distance between the two of us and attack with Frostbrand. Great. Do it up. Okay. 23. That'll hit. Seven damage. Do you have any pluses? I do. I apologize. Yes. Plus five. So 22. 12. Yeah, there we go. 7 plus 5, 22. (laughs) Yeah, he's dead. He explodes. (laughs) You can hear Burgermeister leaping up and down on his head, being like, "Ah!" Next. Okay, so we know the little guy doesn't talk. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the ethereal creature waves its hands in a series of gestures and unleashes a flurry of magic missiles at you, Quinny. Those will hit, won't they? They sure will. Dang it. So that is 11 points of damage. Okay, I'm going to use Uncanny Dodge. It's strange because you're seeing yourself, but if you're just so much more graceful and so much more elegant. Butthole, you've just seen Quinny throw magic missiles at Quinny. Yeah, I don't like that shit at all. Because I heard a voice that sounded beautiful and talked about my parents. And I know Burger Meister Meister Burger don't sound so great. <laughs> so that means there's somebody here on the Tingler side of things. So Quinny sprints. And I just look down and feel the collar come off and my body fills with faith. Like I just, <laughs> I feel the magic and it kind of comes from the heart. I've had so much pain and so much loss because my magic has been gone. 
And now I know my magic has been gone because this fucking place did that, which means this ethereal person and Burgermeister killed Martha and Kevin. So shit is going to get done in the name of Moonhammer. So I just howl. Did this wake you up inside? Oh, God, <laughs> yes. So I, I just yell like, oh, die. Uh, and then I, I reach out with a hand as I charge forwards at the ethereal floating Quinny because the only thing worse than blaspheming against Moonhammer is blaspheming against the most perfect man I know. So I, as a bonus action, summon the fists of Moonhammer from the sky to lash out. The fists of Moonhammer being hammers, right? Like, oh, absolutely. She's got hammers for hands. That's the joy of the fists of Moonhammer. It's, it's all exceedingly violent. They will strike as I'm running forwards. That's a total of nine. No dice. All right. So they pass through, and as the magic missiles sprint towards Quinny, they actually bat the fist aside on that side. But that's okay. That was just the distraction. So I'm <laughs> swinging in. I've got Moonlight Bringer. It feels so great to, to be back in the world of Moonlight Bringer. So take a swing single-handed because I got my beautiful shield. That is a nat 20. Beautiful. And then I am going to use my power of hammer hands, channeling the power of the goddess and the end of Moonlight Bringer farts. So it hits one way and then I pull back and it farts forward and hits again or doesn't. In this case, probably doesn't. That would be 13. That'll hit. Yeah. All right. So they both hit. So now we're getting fucking violent. So the critical role is has also been powered by Moonhammer because Moonhammer hated that that hand got batted aside because I have the power to do that. I call it Farts of Fury, uh, <laughs> but it's channeling the power of Moonhammer once per turn. 26 damage. Those are Oof. big numbers. Ooh-ah. That was a, uh, a potent hit against the creature. For a second, you lose the image of Quinny. You see it for its true self. It kind of staggers to the ground. Uh, screams in rage at you, which, of course, just sounds like Quinny screaming in rage, but also really happy, beautiful rage. It sounds beautiful to me because that's how angry I am. So it's sort of, it's got an emotional <laughs> resonance yeah, yeah, at yeah, my exactly, core. Exactly. Great. Paladin von Strauss. Did I also see the creature flicker? Or Yes, everyone saw okay. that because it was because of massive hammer damage. So I was kind, of, I was kind of enthralled <laughs> in my bewildered state. And then I saw Lord Neverember change and saw the creature for what it was. And just yelled, you demon, you shall not mock the Lord, never ever. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so I get to take two hits. Yes, two Is strikes. that what it is? Yep. Okay. And so I'm just going to, with my flaming sword, All right, do it up. charge and just hack down into the neck. So if you're swinging it two-handed, like you were miming it just now, yeah. uh, that'll be D8s. So I have to roll to attack, right? Yes, that's correct. And I add five to both? Yeah. First one is eight. Second is nine. You come in swinging, forgetting that you're also slightly drugged up, so you kind of stumble a bit. You're worried that maybe your internal organs aren't where they were originally. There's all sorts of weird Ooh. potential oh stuff that's going on. You. So you take two big arcing swings of the sword, missing both times. <laughs> Nevertheless, butthole, pretty cool. Got Paladin Von Strauss hanging with you now. <laughs> this is great. The sword's on fire. I'm so into it. Right? <laughs> uh, I mean, secretly in my head. No, Death Field Fury. But yeah, Death Field Fury, but cool. Yeah. <laughs> Top round, Quinny, you're engaged with Burgermeisters. Yes, and I will continue to fight them since I've cursed them. So I'm going to take another swing. That should hit. The 19 on the die plus uh, 8. Yes, that'll hit. Oh, my goodness. Ooh. That's pretty nice. So that's going to be 17 plus 5. So 39. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little less than that. Yeah. 22. 22? Yeah, yeah, I guess just we should actually say how much it is. <laughs> I, I would appreciate that for keeping track of HP. <laughs> it was 39. As one does. 22. No, it's 22. <laughs> it's 22. 
I'm so sorry. Please don't. I gave you your body back. I know, this I know, episode. I know. Please don't have like a meteor fucking hit me or anything. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so uh, a sound hits. It staggers him slightly as he falls backward. Burgermeister leaps off at your face, blowing a horrible puff of smoke into your eyes. Uh-huh. Uh, from his uh, weird, gross mouth. It fills your throat, and uh, I need you to please roll me a constitution save. 12. As you choke on the fumes of the smoke, and as the tiny rat monkey starts punching your face, you fall prone at Meisterberger's feet, and he yells, Stompy, Stompy! And he attempts to curb stomp you into the edge of the weird two-level floor. I don't know, he's just trying to, no, yeah. trying to stomp your head. So you're prone, so he gets advantage. So he will hit you for 15 points of damage. I'm going to use Uncanny Dodge. Can you use that every time you take damage? Yeah. Wow. High-level rogues, they get super shifty. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. That is their turn, which brings us to the ethereal creature. It turns its eyes on Von Strauss, having just rushed it. It is going to... I will attempt to parry whatever the hell it's doing. Great. (laughs) Uh, Can you please roll me a wisdom save? Nine. So remember how funny it was that someone's going to steal someone's soul? It's really funny to you now. <laughs> uh, and you see Lord Never Ember standing in front of you, and he, he's regaling you with a tale of that time that everything was great in Neverwinter, and he was <laughs> definitely alive, and you hadn't been the subject of an experiment, and everything was great. Um, so you find yourself overcome with torrents of hideous laughter. <laughs> And you uh, fall prone to the ground. You'll have to save to get back up because currently, oh, you're just having the best time. Butthole, he's way too high. Damn it, Von Strauss, you drugged up fucker. Uh, Which brings us to Butthole. You can see the creature. It's weird because Quinny is telling a bunch of jokes about Neverwinter to Von Strauss and Von Strauss is loving it. Yeah, like, fuck that shit. So I have a moment where I start to chuckle at one of the jokes and then the fist of Moonhammer pops out of the sky and just sort of like taps me on the head and I'm like, oh yeah. And then it thunders. Forwards, taking a swing at the ethereal being, and that is a ten. We are rolling real hit. bad right that, now. That will not hit. It's okay. It got caught off by the laughter. For some reason, whenever this creature's looking, it's driving the hammer aside. Maybe there's like an attraction. Admittedly, Moonhammer is very much about the party, and I think this creature seems to be very much about at least the jokes, which is within the wheelhouse. However, after the, the loss of Martha, I yell, "How did you know that name?" Uh, <laughs> and then I'm taking a swing with Moonlightbringer. 26 to hit. Yes, that will hit. I ram the hammer forwards into the gut, and then I swing it all the way around again as the hammer farts and do an overhead swing down onto the creature, which is a nat one. Okay. So for the first hit, for the record, roll 2d8s. That's three ones in a row, people. We're really (laughs) taking over the world right now. Six damage from the hit to the stomach. Though that makes sense because that wasn't supposed to be the finishing blow. That was just (laughs) supposed to be the warm-up. Yes, and then you're using the fart power of the hammer to talk back. So in your confusion about why Von Strauss is laughing so much and also the difficulty of hitting your pal Quinny, you loosen your grip slightly and as the fart power blasts it, your hammer flies out of your hands and out of the window. Oh, can you Mjolnir it back? <laughs> I was literally just <laughs> thinking that. I hold out my hand and think for a second and nothing happens. I'm like, no, I cannot. I cannot do that. That's, that's uh, going to take a trip. Which brings us to Von Strauss. Oh my God, yeah. And there was that time at the Moonstone Mask where, you know, you were a paladin, so you didn't do anything, but I did a lot of things. Why would this be funny? Because <laughs> you're enchanted. Try and roll a save. All right. 14. Wait a minute. Why would this be funny? This isn't funny. <laughs> we're in the middle of combat. What the hell's wrong with you? You grab your sword. Uh, you're still prone. What do you do? Okay, so I'm going to two-hand it over my head and just try to drive it into the creature's gut. Okay, you'll be at disadvantage because you're attacking from the ground, yeah. but otherwise, go ahead. Your two strikes. That's right. Thank you. 19. That'll hit. To hit. 
The second will be 15 to hit. That'll hit as well. I roll my damage. First one is eight damage. The second is nine damage. The ethereal creature's looking pretty fucked up. You've driven the sword straight through it. It begins to cry. The Never Ember illusion is, is still there, but it begins to cry and plead with you and, and beg you not to do this. And I'm kind of laugh crying, but also really oh, angry. You're having a hell of a day. <laughs> All right, Quinny, top of the round. All right, you're on the ground. You've got a monkey on your face. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to spring back up to my feet. Is the monkey going to be an issue for me making an attack? The monkey will give you a disadvantage. All right, then I'm dealing with the monkey. I'm going to wrench him off my face. I'm going to throw him out the window. Okay. <laughs> Roll me a dexterity check, please. If he steals my hammer, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> uh, so a different much. window. There's <laughs> <laughs> so much shit flying out the windows. That's a nine. So you're trying to grab him, but not unlike Billy Fingers. He is fucking fast. He is just crawling all over that face. Well, then I say, Billy! Billy sees your dilemma, sees you stumbling, batting at your face, and Billy runs and does the Luke Cage kick from um, <laughs> Mortal Kombat. He goes, but you see something, Quinny, in his eyes as he does it. You can tell he's so distraught and that he's fired up. He's furious. I've never seen him so angry. It means he doesn't check his speed. So he boots that monkey, and together the two of them blow out through a window and off into the night. Shit, well, just another friend will have to get back. I'm just, like, making a checklist. Get the hammer. Get Get the monkey. See if Gary isn't dead. Get Alan. Get Billy Fingers. Why are we getting the monkey? He means wrench. You just want No, no, no. That monkey, too. Listen, (laughs) wrench seems to be a little bit undead, and we don't have any replacement parts. So I think a second monkey just be useful. Just get a barrel that you can put all these monkeys in. If Alan needs a new body, we got to put her somewhere. Quinny, that'll be your, your full action, yep. but you are now monkey-free. Meister Burger is screaming at the top of his lungs. He seems very genuinely concerned about the, the possible death of his monkey companion, unlike all of you with Billy Fingers. Oh, oh no, we're concerned. My we're turn just... is over, but I have to go <laughs> find right. him. Fair enough. For some reason, we all believe Billy Fingers will be okay. Brings us <laughs> Billy to... Fingers is the best of us. <laughs> we're, we're worried about Alan. Billy, we're confident about. <laughs> Brings us to Meister Burger, who is absolutely livid. You're still standing directly in front of him, is that correct? Yes. Quinny? Yeah. He screams, he was the best part of me! And you see him kind of lock his hands together, and to your shock, he seems to summon a ball of flame, and then he just full-on street fighters it at you. He hadokens um, me? Yeah. Oh Hadouken. my god. Please roll a DC 16 dex check. That's a 15, so I just came up short. Just yeah. short, yeah. So take 17 points of flame damage. And you can see tears rolling off his rough cheeks, but also evaporating in the heat as he maintains the fire streak. Outside the window, Burgermeister and Billy Fingers are in a full Gandalf Balrog fight. But because they're so (laughs) small, they are falling forever. The music's playing like, oh, oh And especially like the wind oh, buffeting oh, them around like a plastic bag. I like, I like, well, like the song you're taking. singing is what I was picturing, which is that music from Titus. <laughs> like the Tamor version. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Billy Fingers is like blocking the attacks, but like punching with his other little fingers <laughs> as they continue to plummet towards They're both the trying to jab at each other's eyes, but it's just claws at eyes. Yeah, or the, the monkey's trying to again. spike him with the back of his pipe. Honestly, it's a tremendously dramatic fight. We don't have time to go into it right now, but <laughs> wow, uh, that's so good. They'll never show it on TV again. That brings us to the ethereal creature, which is weeping and dragging itself along the blade until it can reach a handout to Von Strauss. 
And as it touches your face, uh, ah. you feel that stupid love euphoria that they always show when they play da-da-da-da-da, where you're running through a field and everything's mm-hmm. great. You are every dating ad you've ever imagined. <laughs> so what this is going to do is I need you to roll me a charisma save, please. Okay. 19. You've never frolicked in a field. You're the paladin Von Strauss, <laughs> damn it. Von Strauss hath not known love. <laughs> have known service. If it had got the spell right, it would have just been you doing chin-ups and bowing to people. <laughs> yeah, yeah as, as you're running through the field, it's exactly that image. And kind of in the sky, you can see this creature waving its arms and smiling. And then you're running and you're happy. And then all of a sudden, the sword's coming out from behind your back. And you just cleave through the image and it falls away. And you're back to holding the blade in the creature's gut. And it looks furious. Cool. Uh, bring us hmm. to Butthole. I look at this ethereal creature. It's sword's still in it. I'm on board. Mm-hmm. Just staggered, asshole. Uh, <laughs> and I just look at it and I say, Moonlight Bringer out the window. Billy Fingers out the window. Alan. I don't fucking know where. Martha dead. And you killed Kevin, the master of disguise. You took all that away from me, but you know what you didn't take? Moonhammer. And then a fist thunders down to try to hit it in the back. 18 to hit. hit. Yep. 18 damage from the fist in the back. At which point I present my shield before me. And I close my eyes, and then I summon a swirl of hammers all around me, extending 15 feet in all directions. I know that this creature is within them. Is Bert, uh, Me- Meisterberger Meister also? Yeah. Great. So they both need to pass a wisdom saving throw, DC 15. If they fail, they take 3d8 damage, half have saved. The ethereal creature will take full Meisterberger rolled a 20, so I'm going to say that his rage and fire, he uses the kind of continual stream of fire to buffet the Ooh, I like that. hammers away. 16 damage from the swirl of hammers of the moon. The hammers are just pounding into this thing and it's screaming and it sounds like babies crying and it's horrible and wonderful at the same time. It is incredibly bloody. It's barely holding on. Von Strauss, you've got your blade buried in this thing. The hammers are pounding it deeper and deeper onto your blade. What do you do? I'm going to dig my feet in and try with one final stroke to eviscerate <laughs> so the you want to raise the blade? I want to raise yeah, the blade up chap. into its chest. Can you roll me a strength check? Yes. 16. So it is a lightweight thing at this point. You staggering to your feet, surrounded by hammers, stand up, raising the creature on your blade, and then the blade bursts into flames, and the creature writhes in agony and falls limp. All of a sudden, the room seems to become darker. The world seems like a less lovely place. It seems Mm. like we've really lost something powerful. And Von Strauss, you immediately recognize, now that the illusion's fallen away, the very classically patrician features of a plantier. Cut to... Do we know which plantier it was? Because I recognize them as well. This isn't one you've met? Well, there's parents or there's maybe some siblings. Uh Uh-oh. You guys know that there are five siblings. Each of them seems to have power over one particular element. You're not sure what element this one was controlling. I know. Fucking element of being handsome. They did look like you. Yeah. The element of sex appeal was my thought. <laughs> so the plant here is dead. That brings us to top of the round, Quinny. Meisterberger uses the last of the fire to kind of knock the hammers away and is still screaming obscenities at you. Oh, so he's not giving up, even though he's the last one. You killed his monkey. Well, I mean, Billy Fingers might kill his monkey. Yeah. Oh, hey, <laughs> oh, <hey, hey>, oh. <laughs> All right, got to make this quick. Got to check on Billy. So I'm going to attack. 
14. That will not hit. Nah. Which brings us to him. He is so fucking mad and bummed out. He's going to rush you with his trench spike and throw two quick punches. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he'll hit with both. Okay. And that is... 28 points of damage. I'm going to use Uncanny Dodge so I don't fucking die. And I need you to roll me a strength save, please. Okay. That's a seven. The strength of his blows, he's hitting so much harder than you think he has any right to. Mm -hmm. You get thrown back 30 feet. Okay. Pretty much the size of the room. Out the door and down the stairs. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think you actually smash up against one of the windows, but the windows are small enough that you wouldn't just go through one. Um, So you hit it, the the glass cracks, and kind of fall forward onto a couch, taking an additional two points of damage. Ooh, okay. But because you land on a couch, I think you're back on your feet. All right. And he starts stalking towards you, screaming. As he goes, you notice that he picks up a bomb collar in each hand. Which brings us to Butthole. I look over at Meisterberger walking towards Quinny and I go, we're taking you alive, you fucking doink. Uh, and then <laughs> I uh, turn and Moonhammer is swinging in from one side and basically she's trying to punch one of those arms so she can try to knock one of the collars out of mm-hmm. one of his hands. Ten total. She punches, but he's a stout halfling. He, that, he shrugs it off. That's okay. She was just the distraction. So now I am running towards him, which I imagine would bring him back into range of Hammer Guardians. So he's got to pass a wisdom saving throw, DC 15. He does. Then he takes nine damage. And then my whole goal is I'm trying to shoulder charge him and just throw him as far back as I can. Not towards Quinny, but just sort of like sideways, you know? Currently, you could probably try and knock him out the door onto the stairs. Yeah, so this is like my Terry Tate off his linebacker moment. Yep. (laughs) Uh, I'm just holding the word, doink! Uh, And then I'm going to hit him. So what do I need to roll? We'll do an opposed strength check. Oof. I got a nine. I got a three. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I'll say I'll hit I'll hit him with the toothy shield because I've got my T-Rex infused. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. That gives me an extra bit of damage once a day, so I'll take that. Deal, we'll say an unarmed strike. So D6 plus your strength plus whatever that toothy strike is. That's another nine damage. Shoulder blast him in, uh, takes some spiky shield. And yet again, we move into gently slow motion. He gets knocked. He's got the two bomb collars in his hands. He's flying backward towards the stairs when all of a sudden you hear snore <laughs> and through the window on a hang glider <laughs> comes Goblin Jr. with wrench on the back, riding him like it's the fucking Dr. Strange Love. <laughs> And they smash their way through. Can one of you roll me an insight check real quick? Can we all roll insight? Yes, yes, please do. Eleven. Ten. 15. Quinny, you see this happen. It's pretty insane, but you know what you want to have happen. So I think you just look at Wrench and you make an explosion noise mm-hmm. and Wrench nods and you see him fiddle with a thing on his belt. He holds up a button. He goes, eh? Like shrugs at you and presses it and Burgermeister explodes in the hallway. <laughs> just splatters guts and you also hear a chain of explosions downstairs oh, uh, and the oh, foundations no. begin to rumble on the building. The first thing I do, if I can take a move now. Yes, um, we're out is, of initiative order. Okay. The villains are dead. I was blasted up against the window. The first thing I want to do, given that these fights happen in like a short amount of time, is mm-hmm. look out the window. Can I see Billy Fingers and the monkey falling? You see a <laughs> monkey on the ground, no sign of Billy Fingers. I'm going to look over at Quinny and say, get any fucking papers or plans you can, we gotta hang a rope. And I'm gonna go over to Paladin Von Strauss and say, great work, this is probably not gonna make you happy, but this is a good idea. And I pull the sword out of our mystical, scary, whatever, and I'm going to cast Revivify, which brings him back to life with one health point. And I'm gonna say, listen, Doinko, 
this place is going to fucking collapse. So we're going to carry out of here and then we'll talk. Enemy of my enemy is my friend. All right. Uh, I'm going to take that as an agreement. I, I sling, sling the Palantir over his shoulder. Goblin Jr. immediately goes and starts snarfing at you and pointing outside. You can see the SS McSquiggly is in close distance. And to your surprise and delight, Bucky is standing there behind a giant spear grapple gun. All right, so mm. I'm going to get out of the way of the window then. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. A giant spike comes blasting through the window, digs solidly into that horrible carpet, and you can see Anon calling to you from up top and Goblin Jr. snarfing at it, very proud of his hang glider. Super good hang gliding. Quinny's going to grab a magic collar and a key for it. There are no collars left. Oh, damn. Okay. But there are a bunch of papers, Burgermeister's uh, personal effects, all sorts of stuff. So can you grow me an investigation check, please, real quick? And Paladin von Strauss, how do you feel about this revived Palantir? I'm with it enough now. I think I'm coming to to let this... Let the slide. Play out and control. I'll make my decision. I'm going to follow these guys and wait this out. Nine for investigation. Nine for investigation. Could we all investigate? Yes, please do. Yeah. I trip, hit my head on a desk and fart. 14. I got 16 for investigate. So, Quinny, you're looking for bomb collars and you're not finding any, but the two of you managed to sweep paper off desks, grab ledgers, grab as much stuff as you can. And then Bucky says, come with me if you want to live. So McSquiggly descends to a height at which you can faster up down into it. Then I looked at Goblin Jr. and Wrench and I say, listen, Billy Fingers is down there fighting a psychotic monkey, also Moonlight Bringer. Can you guys get that? And Goblin Jr. looks at you and he's like, snarf, snarf, and points over the edge of the wall and looking over the side of the prison, moving faster than you would think is possible, is Billy Fingers just fucking dragging Moonlight Bringer, just dragging <laughs> it and climbing. The theme song is still going in his head, but now he's really tired. Oh. I want to help him because he helped me. He got that monkey off my face. I cast Mage Hand and I reach out and I pick him up. Belay what I said, Gavin. Just pack up your hand glider. It's kind of cool. Snarf, snarf. <laughs> um, yeah, you all faster up down onto the McSquiggly and behind you, the emerald parts of the prison begin to collapse and fall. And the last thing you see as the entire new structure collapses to dust is the head of your good old boy Squidgy. And the skull almost looks like it's smiling as the uh, monstrosity that was his final act implodes. And I say, man, we killed a lot of people today. You see a ton of inmates running out of the oh, collapsing good. prison. The criminals are free. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's there's a fight between Quinnies, and as the airship begins to, to pull away, you see mass chaos down there. But the old prison, still standing. Yeah. So you're now safely back aboard the McSquiggly. Where's Ranger? I want to punch him in the nuts. You're informed by some of Bryn's crew that Ranger and the entire stained guard are missing. What? what? They murdered oh. a number of the crew and left. Fucking Xanthus, you fucking blue asshole. Fucking fuck. Fuck! Uh, and I drop my palantir, and I'm like, you fucking sit there for a minute. Do we have a goddamn collar for this asshole? And you have Genovich just like, I got one right here! And he just slams a non-magic collar over him, and then just starts punching him in the face until he's unconscious. <laughs> Honestly, thank you. Do you know that's the one thing that worked out today? You're welcome, buddy! Monstrosh just, like, folds his arm and, and nods <laughs> appreciatively. So, you're informed by Bryn that the Unseen Hand has seized Neverwinter. There are reports coming in that Lord Neverember and the entire ruling noble class have been executed and they have seized control of the city. However, there are rumors of a rebellion beginning. Oh, fuck. Okay, I know where this is. Uh, and I turn to Bucky and I say, you set course for Fandelver. Aye, aye, Mr. Butthole. We're going back to where it begins and this time we're going to kick more fucking ass. Is that Paladin Von Strauss? 
Yes, that is Paladin Von Strauss. Oh, that's so cool. And Quinny, you're you again. Hey, where's Alan? This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, our special guest, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And Dum Dums and Dragons' artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J A A. ZZAR, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. Epilogue 1. Gary ran. After being cooped up for so long, it felt strange to be able to take long strides again, to feel the wind rustling his feathers. For a moment, he closed his eyes and opened his senses to the feeling of the breeze, the clean, fresh scent of the air. He tried to ignore the explosions and screams that carried on the wind, but that was none of his concern. Although things hadn't gone exactly according to plan, Gary did manage to achieve a few of his goals. Escape was first and foremost, never far from his mind. He knew with the war underway that his masters would have need of his services yet again, that perhaps he could be the tipping point to bring order to a chaotic world. His mind drifted back to the lab. He had been warned long ago that should the opportunity present itself, he should kill or recover the abducted geneticist Martha. She had been of great use to the unseen hand, but her abduction at the hands of the planteers had complicated matters greatly. He had hoped to extract her, but her death suited his purposes fine as well. The lab itself was his great triumph. Such power could not be left in the hands of the enemy. He could still feel his taloned fingers grasping the knob on one of the explosive tanks and loosening it. He'd hoped to escape, of course, before the lab exploded, but such advanced technology was unpredictable, to say the least. Can't argue with the results, though. The lab was destroyed, and Martha along with it. Where he had failed was in eliminating the paladin von Strauss, foiled in his attempt to unplug the vital, life-saving gear before the explosion. The von Strausses had always been a thorn in his master's side, and he'd hoped to curry favor by eliminating the heir to their lineage. It had been a while since Gary had played dice, but if he was a gambling bird, he'd reckon that fate was on his side in only one of these three objectives, the destruction of the lab. The rest was poor luck. Nevertheless, Gary was now free, free to report back to his master's the only ones with the vision and pragmatism to bring order to the world, to ensure his freedom, the unseen hand, and his mistress, Lady Antebellum. The road would be long, but Gary resolved to enjoy it. He hoped Quinny would join him, but he was sure their paths would cross again some day. In the meantime, he had an open road, a clear blue sky, and room to move. Gary was, after all, a free bird. Epilogue 2. At first there was nothing. Just darkness and an emptiness. And then there was fire. They could feel it flicking at the very edges of their consciousness. Flames, smoke, breaking glass. Slowly, they began to blink their eyes through the smoke and the haze. Where are we? No one seemed to have a good answer for that. Are these our hands? Our beard? Our hooves? There were no clear answers, but there was fire. Slowly, like a long-forgotten instinct, they began to stand, unsteadily at first, their hooves slipping, their legs trembling, 
The hands were nimble, began to help them move aside debris. The eyes were keen. Looking around, the large, long ears began to twitch, hearing the sound of vials exploding. Finally, the eyes spied it. A way out. We must go. As they began to run towards the small gap, their one chance at escape. Finally, they thought, what are we? There was no answer, but there was escape. And thus they threw themselves through the small gap and out into a new world. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Night has fallen, the moon is full, and we're inviting you to listen to Canada by Night, a podcast where professional improvisers play Vampire the Masquerade. Detective-turned-vampire Everett Fry accidentally becomes the sheriff of New Haven, an experimental town where they're testing if vampires and humans can coexist. Stuck leading a ragtag group of officers, the Bruja bounty hunter Val, the gangrel news reporter Evangeline, and the Tremere blood witch Doris, can Everett keep the town running? Or will everyone end up liquidated by the Vampire Council of Canada? Trending on global fiction charts and produced by Dum Dums and Dice, whose podcast Dum Dums and Dragons ranked number two of all fiction podcasts in America. Listen now to find out why Canada by Night has been downloaded more than a half a million times. Canada by Night, its interview with the vampire, if it had all the characters from Parks and Rec in it. <laughs> 